Hi, happy Monday, and welcome to We Heal Together. This is Cordelia. This is part three of the three-part series on healing our childhood sexual shame. If you missed parts one and two, be sure to check those out. In those episodes, we talk about virginity, slut-shaming, sex education, sex talk, policing girls' clothes, and the orgasm gap. There are some healing tips within those episodes as well, but today's episode, part three, is really the healing episode where we bring it all together and we focus on how we heal the sexual shame that we've been carrying. If you like my content, I would love to have you as part of my community, so be sure to follow me on Instagram at codependentrecovery, and also be sure to follow my podcast on whatever platform you're listening to if you are not already. Okay, let's get healing. thank you again for joining me. I am going to get right into it this episode. So our focus is on healing our sexual shame that we've been carrying from our childhood or from from wherever it originated. So I'm going to just walk you through some things that you can do to help yourself become more sex positive and heal. So number one, Identify the root of your shame. Was it a religious upbringing? Was it a previous partner that shamed you? Was it a parent? Kids at school? What triggers you? So dig into that. And if you're struggling, listen to some previous, the previous podcasts I did. So parts one and two of this series for some examples on where the shame that we're carrying could have come from. You can journal about this. You can say it out loud. I also, in the show notes, I've put a worksheet for you that kind of digs into this, and it will help you get into where we learn these things. So in the show notes, it's under worksheets, and it says sex and gender messages. So if you just click on that link, it takes you there and it asks you question prompts. So at what age do you first remember hearing or experiencing anything about sex? And kind of walks you through. So if you're having trouble determining exactly where the root of your shame is coming from, go to that worksheet because I think it could help. When you are exploring this, Topic, I want you to work on feeling your feelings, naming your emotions, naming what comes up for you. If you go to my website, which again, that's in the link as well, I have tons of resources to help you with that. I have feelings wheel, emotional sensation feelings wheel. There's even a vocabulary of emotions PDF, which was created by Tom Drummond, and it just has 
you know, all kinds of words that can be more descriptive. So, for example, instead of happiness, you can say, I was delighted instead of saying I was happy. So, you know, as you're exploring your shame, it's good to feel what emotions are coming up for you when you think about how you feel about sex and just different things that pop into your head. Number three, work on having a sexual relationship with yourself. So I'm quoting here, this is from an article that I put in my citations from Diane Spector. She says, before the 20th century, most American physicians regarded masturbation as a dangerous sexual act that could cause illness. According to Sex and Human Loving, published in 1988 by Masters and Johnson, masturbation owes its bad reputation to a Swiss doctor. And basically, she goes on to write that this Swiss doctor believed that masturbation was a particularly dangerous form of sex because it was convenient and could be started during childhood. And he was of the position that it would cause guilt of your own sinfulness and it made the nervous system more susceptible to damage. So in the article, Diane Spector goes on to write, So by the time this doctor's notions had crossed the Atlantic to America, the average doctor was quite willing to believe masturbation caused insanity, epilepsy, acne, weight loss, decrease in mental capacity, weakness, lethargy, and the ultimate punishment, early death. And so that was kind of the notion that doctors believed until 1957. In 1957, William Masters and Virginia Johnson of Washington University in St. Louis observed hundreds of men and women masturbating and having sex in their laboratory while documenting the participants' sexual anatomy and physiology. They originally started by selecting 382 men and 312 women, including 276 heterosexual couples, all of whom had satisfactory sex lives. So one big thing that they uncovered in their study is virtually all sexually satisfied people masturbated, regardless of whether or not they were also having partnered sex. So why do I bring this up and what does it mean for you? Tell yourself and remind yourself that it's actually been proven like it's been backed by science in an admittedly pretty creepy study (laughs) i can't imagine being one of the participants in that study but people who are satisfied in their sex life regardless whether they have a partner or not they masturbate and so reminding yourself of this is really important. Telling yourself, I'm not doing this because I'm a loser or because there's something wrong with me. I'm doing this because I love myself and I deserve pleasure and this feels good and this is completely normal and, you know, science tells me that I should do this. 
So if you don't have a sexual relationship with yourself, this is something that you should work on. And you should definitely start incorporating that into your life. Number four, make some lists. So these are kind of the things that I would like you to kind of to consider. First, what are you comfortable with? What do you like to do sexually? What don't you like? What words do you struggle with saying? Penis, vagina, what words do you find dirty? Explore the concept of masturbation. When did you start? If you've never done it, why haven't you? Have you ever been ashamed of doing it? Dig into that. Think about positive sexual experiences from your past. What made them positive? What did you like about them? To help in this department, in this part of healing, I put some worksheets on my podcast. So one, or in the episode notes, one is called, if you look, help to talk about sex with partner and figure out what you like. And one is yes, no, maybe so, a sexual inventory list. If you just open these, uh, it takes you to PDFs and it'll be really helpful in figuring out what you like. So it has boundaries. It, It just has all kinds of things for you to consider in terms of what you do and what you don't like about sex. And just empowering yourself is in this department is going to help you overcome your shame. So I encourage you to go to those worksheets as you explore this part of healing. Number five, normalize talking about sex. So, you know, just take the shame out of it by making it less taboo. It's going to feel weird at first. I'm not saying you're going to snap your fingers and all of a sudden it's it's amazing. It's your favorite topic. But be mindful of it and practice making it a normal part of conversations and a normal part of your life. Number six, when you're ready, so no rush and no pressure. And really, this one is optional, but you can find a safe and non-shaming partner that would help you move kind of to that next step of love and self-acceptance. Number seven, don't slut shame. So don't slut shame yourself and don't slut shame other people. Because even if you're not slut shaming yourself, if you're slut shaming somebody else, you're reinforcing that idea in your brain that sex is bad and this person having sex makes them a bad person and you're just adding on to that shame. So if, you know, Step one would be just don't take that out out of your vocabulary and just don't participate in conversations that do that. Step two would be even more empowering. And that would be if you spoke up to people who were slut shaming. So, you know, somebody says so-and-so is a slut saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable with you calling somebody else a slut. You know, I'm I'm not going to. If you're going to keep talking about this, then I'm going to end the conversation. Number eight, educate yourself. Read some books to help you come out, come get over your shame. I put recommendations for books in the show notes. My two favorite are The Purity Myth. That's really good for, especially if you're 
female and you struggled with sex shame growing up and come as you are is the surprising new science that will transform your sex life. It's really, really good. I would definitely recommend that if for male or female. It's a very good book. Um, number nine, be patient with yourself. Have self-compassion as you go through this process. Like I said, you're not going to snap your fingers and this is going to be a transformation overnight. It's going to take some time. It's going to take practice. So having compassion for yourself is really important. Try saying like positive things to yourself about this and about your body. So I wrote a few examples here. I deserve love. My body's sexy just the way it is. I ask for whatever I want and I say no to whatever I don't want. Each new connection expands me. I'm worthy just on my own. I contain all I need for my life just on my own. Sex is a really beautiful expression of my loving spirit and who I am. Exploring my sexuality can be exciting and scary, but it's really more exciting than it is scary. Sex really is not separate from the rest of my life. It's part of my life. And my life is a part of it. I don't have to do anything that doesn't feel 100% right for me. So saying these things and talking to ourselves can help us as we're navigating this new territory of being sex positive. Number 11. Focus on experimenting and listening to yourself, trusting your gut. So if your body's saying, awesome, I like this, more of this, do that. And whatever doesn't, stay away from that. Number 12, try appreciating your body. It's so hard, I know, especially in today's day and age. There's just so much pressure to be somebody different, to be skinnier, to be stronger, to be leaner, to be more muscular, to have a six-pack. Focus on appreciating your body, telling yourself your body's beautiful. It's beautiful just the way it is. You are beautiful. You are handsome. You look great just the way you are. Loving yourself for who you are today. And last, I want to wrap this up by saying I'm not advocating advocating (laughs) for you to go have sex with 30 people this week. If you want to do that, that's awesome. No judgment. Totally your call. I support you. What I am advocating you to do is to consciously work on figuring out what you like and freeing yourself of shame. Listen to your gut. If that means having sex with other people, awesome. If it means masturbating more, awesome. If it just means talking, reading books, doing these worksheets and journal prompts, that's awesome too. If it means just finding a partner and not having sex 
but just making out or finding somebody and just performing oral sex. You know, that is awesome. If it means having absolutely no sex, but just working on freeing yourself of thinking that sex is dirty, that's great too. I want to I wanted to add this in here because I don't want people to think that the only way to be sex positive is to push yourself into having sex and doing all the stuff that you don't actually want to do because that's not sex positive at all. Everyone can do what they want. Everyone can do what they want with their penis, with their vagina, with their bodies. And just think freeing yourself of the thought that you're dirty for doing what you want with it is the goal here. I remember when I was younger, like so many people talked about, what's your number? How many people have you slept with? There was even a movie. I don't know if anybody saw it, but it was called What's Your Number? And it was with Anna Ferris. I remember it from, I don't know what year it came out, but I do remember that movie. So the idea always seemed to be like women should be keeping the sex count low so you won't be embarrassed by your number and you should lie about it if it's too big. And then there's also all these other kind of similar rules like don't have sex on the first date or second date or whatever date number. And so the goal I want you to take away from all these episodes is number one, nobody has the right to judge you for having sex. So somebody who's judging you for having sex or shaming you in any way, including somebody you're on a date with, if they're shaming you about, your, about sex, that's not somebody that you want in your life. If you have friends, if you have parents, if you have somebody that is shaming your sex life, not some, it's not somebody you want to be around. And I think empowering yourself, it, it's going to make you come to that conclusion on your own. But just a reminder that, hey, you, don't, you really don't need those people around. And number two, You should be concentrating on pursuing sexual experiences that are enjoyable to you. You should be prioritizing your comfort, your pleasure, your safety. And whatever that means to you. I want you to be empowered. I want you to be free of shame. And I want you to be the best possible version of yourself that you can be. Move at your own pace through this. But just know I'm here for you. I love talking to you guys every Monday, and I can't wait to to talk to you next Monday. So don't forget, new episodes drop on every single Monday. My name is Cordelia. Follow me on Instagram at Codependent Recovery. I would love it if you would follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. You know, share it with your friends, anybody that would love to listen to it. That would be great. I'm so grateful for this community, for this journey, and for being able to heal together.
I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next Monday.